Oh no, Barrett's going to lose his mind. No, no, no. He can't find out. When he listens to this podcast, we just have to deny everything. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. Donut! We write for Cinema Sins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the Cinema Sins universe as well. Uh, of course, Danae's eating because I think at this point it's some sort of uh, just like, what was the guy with the bell and the dogs? Pavlov? Yeah, it's just some sort of Pavlovian response now that uh, when I say it's time to start the show, you eat and drink. <laughs> <laughs> what are you what are you drinking tea oh that's tea oh, okay mm-hmm. yeah i yeah. got home with my tea in my brahms cup and i dropped it on the floor so a massive portion of it popped out of one side and then when i picked it up the styrofoam had busted on the other side so i had to run into the kitchen and pour what was left into a, a cup and then clean up a big mess it was an exciting start to my day i mean we are we are a minute in and we've already hit brahms tea danae eating in a mess and somebody's already got bingo i'm just saying this is, this is quicker quick, than ever say cuss word quick it's on there somewhere yeah yeah uh we just had a wonderful time uh recording our uh bony pod our monthly bony pod for our members uh, of our sin club at patreon and i wanted to mention that and bring that up because if you've never thought of being a sin club member uh, i'd highly encourage you to at least check it out because we have so much fun there and Wait, we talked are we about calling it sin club what's that you're calling it sin club yeah that's kind of where is, we landed is right that what, is that what it's called sure why not oh okay sorry to interrupt i just did not realize it was called sin club and i got excited because uh, like i love being parts of clubs <laughs> <laughs> yeah that might have been a conversation you muted that's true that's true it probably <laughs> was it probably was a conversation in i Slack was trying room. to go with members of jeremy which we probably want to cut that out because i think he's <laughs> really opposed to that so i don't want people to start calling him that but um yes yes yeah. uh so anyhow we just got through uh recording uh a members only podcast where we talked about movies or tv shows that we're afraid to revisit based on a suggestion by one of our Sin Club members, and uh, also about, uh, of, of course, uh, beauty standards and gender norms, <laughs> because we can't, <laughs> we can't help ourselves. But uh, if you are a Sin Club member at Patreon, you can hear that every month we do uh, a, a little bonus topic for all our amazing members. And there's all sorts of other fun stuff there as well. Early access yeah. to all the videos, uh, lots of great stuff. So if you're interested, go to patreon.com slash cinemasins or you can go to cinemasins.com and there's a link there uh, for the Patreon Mm -hmm. as well. So we appreciate our members and we'd love for you to be one. So we wanted to let you know about that. Uh, Ready to get into the Sin Side Scoop? Let's do it! What's he building in We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the show or movie in general, or music video, I guess, as well. Uh, let's start with TV Sins as we do, and we are going on another Avatar run. Uh, we start with Avatar The Blue Spirit. 
This was a Hughes-Watkins joint. Jonathan and Danae writing on this. How excited are we to be sending more Avatar episodes? Uh, I'm really I'm enjoying confused. it. Jonathan? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm really enjoying it. No, I. Well, I was actually going to watch the show. Like, I was like, I'm just going to watch the series. And then, because that'll make it make more sense. But then I realized after watching the first three episodes, I was confused. So <laughs> I didn't think it really mattered if I just jumped right into that one. So that's what I did. And I also thought from a narrator, the narrator's not supposed to know a lot about the show. So I thought maybe that would actually help. And uh, I think my confusion showed in my uh, things I send. Yes, um, I loved it. I thought like I still don't understand how I still don't understand how the Fire Nation can't be how they get destroyed by I mean how they don't get destroyed, um, (laughs) which maybe they do eventually since they're the bad guys, right? They're the bad guys, right? (laughs) Well, Well, the the leader of the Fire Nation and his psychopath daughter are the the bad guys, but uh, yeah. So so Zuko become Danny Zuko becomes a good guy. <laughs> yes. He, yeah, his story a arc is, he's a, is he's like a one of redemption. Tell me yeah. more, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a this is an epic episode. The Blue Spirit is because in this one Aang, our you know our hero is captured and rescued by his nemesis, but it's not revealed in that episode that it is Zuko until oh, Aang yeah. rescues him and the mask falls off. You know, they have this whole great escape thing. Because this is, I think, the first time that Aang gets captured. Like, oh no, our hero has been captured and it's pretty clear he's not going to be able to get out. And this blue spirit shows up. So it was just really interesting mystery. Is he the hero um, at this point, though? Because he seems a little confused. Like, Aang? he just seems like he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, he's just a kid, you know, yeah. which is one of the reasons that kids is a great kid show. You can kind of relate to yeah, yeah. he wants to play, he wants to have fun. But at the same time, he has the ability to to manipulate all of this power and all this energy and nobody else can do it. So if there's somebody who can restore the balance, it's going to be the avatar who happens to just be this child. Yeah. So, I- but this is a fun episode in that, you know, it's, it's kind of taking Aang on a solo adventure. It's got, you know, Zuko saving him. And then you've got the other two, you know, brother and sister who are just kind of sick and just sort of, sort of out of the way on the side during this episode. Yeah, so they, this is- they, they did the uh, sitcom thing or they made them sick. So they wouldn't right. have to have them in the main story. <laughs> what's what is it called when an episode does that what? i researched it before uh bottle bottle cap uh, a bottle it? episode it's just called a bottle, bottle episode. episode yeah it's like it's like the avatar version of the bottle episode in a weird way where it's like okay we're just gonna focus on two people well the next a, the next one we Momo. do the next one we do well i mean no two two i'm sorry we, we work ahead <laughs> the two episodes after this is a legit bottle episode uh that, that we do for this show so there's a little tease for you you can try to figure out what episodes we're gonna do i uh i learned whenever we were doing this one too um they purposefully wrote this episode to have that end like that finale st- style feel to it mm-hmm. because they had to do something that would create curiosity and intrigue and mystery and so this was a very purposeful moment to try to genuinely capture the attention of not just the audience, but the people who are purchasing the show or who are allowing the show to continue to be aired. They had to show that there was an ability to play around with the 
with the premise a little bit and give something complete unexpected. But but this wasn't the finale. Was it the season? No, finale? it wasn't. Like, this... But they wanted to give it that oh, feel gotcha. so that the people who were deciding whether or not they would continue to even air Avatar or mm-hmm. back Avatar, uh, they had to kind of put a big punch in there. And this was the punch episode, which I thought was a really interesting hmm. thing to kind of discover. Well, I'm super glad that we are uh, continuing to do this. It's obviously very popular right now with being on Netflix. A lot more people are seeing it. There's a lot of social uh, media activity on it. Uh, the new show is one you know once the, this pandemic has passed a little more will be in production uh and so I'm, I'm pumped about that oh, they're doing a new show they're doing a live action tv show uh based oh, gotcha. based on the cartoon like i think it's going to be the same events as the cartoon uh just in live action which i'm so excited because again that will uh flush the movie that shall not be named uh from <laughs> our memories even more oh, hopefully looks like hopefully the show no no he is not he most certainly is not uh the original creators are behind the show uh which gives me very much much hope uh so so yeah i'm excited i'm excited avatar is kind of back in the the spotlight uh because it's such a great property and uh, i'm super excited to see what happens with it um let's talk about the video itself uh and since i didn't write on it i will kick us off um some of the sins i really enjoyed uh this live action remake of mulan uh cracked me up <laughs> i thought that was that was really hilarious uh i am digging as a new narrator alliteration sins i love you know, trying to read them fast, like, you know, doing them. So the conveniently calculated communication carried by Claus critically convenient uh, was really fun for me. Uh, enjoyed that. Uh, n- uh, now you know what my brain does when someone attempts to explain Avatar to me. Uh, it was very funny. Uh, and I uh, guess it's a good thing those super efficient archers are suddenly replaced by a small army of lame javelin throwers. I had that written on uh, that Such fun. a great observation. <laughs> such a great observation. Uh, what about you guys? What were some of the ones you wanted to, to chat about? I was I was excited. I got you to tell the how do you eat a frog joke. Um, <laughs> that was basically I just wanted to hear Aaron tell that joke. No, I, um, I don't know why that joke came to me, but um, it's just even I remember somebody telling me that to me when I was like a kid and I didn't get it and then of like course 10 not years later 10 years later it popped up in my head and i was like oh now i get it um <laughs> then the um you know the the we made fun of the fire nation and then you know uh, got to hear aaron recite some of janet jackson's rhythm nation that was a lot of fun <laughs> and then where did all that momo loot wind up um i was curious about that as well so i was glad danae brought that up yeah, yeah. i think i read too that in other episodes later on some of that loot reappears as if he took it with them and that is something this show does really well there's some stuff that they're in bringing into the story so early that mm-hmm. pays out so much later in yeah. the series it's yeah, just really, really fun they, they really think this kind of stuff uh through um i'll take an opportunity to throw out uh, a, a comment for unicorn sprinkles who says comments ask them to do avatar they do them so you have chosen death <laughs> <laughs> it's like just pointing out that we have been asked to send this and now it's like you can't do that yeah yes we can't like, be careful what you wish for be careful what, careful you, what wish you wish for. for i think we're having a good time with it i loved the sins i thought that jonathan pointed out some really fun stuff like the rhythm nation i had written down um the i, I did like the dark on black on gray on shadow because i think i want to use that again well, it's, it's become really a running dark. thing, yeah. Because there was a there was a um, the Sopranos video had one of those mm-hmm. where it was like um, I forget was it black on black on black on black or it was, it was something oh that's like beige that. on beige on beige oh beige on beige yeah it was beige on beige yeah definitely so it's already a <laughs> beige, on, beige, on beige. <laughs> beige on beige beige on beige beige on beige but that part of the show is so very dark 
Um, but one of my favorite things from this video was the outtake where they, they blow the horn and then we intro- and then it goes right into the survivor. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's perfect. It's it was, so perfect. It was so crazy for my brain to remember, like, where have I heard that before? Survivor. You had a, you had a <laughs> lot of good outtakes, so those couple you put in psych worked out perfectly, too. The, there's something about Mary and fist fight. Um, yeah. Yeah, Danae's outtaking is, is gone, like, next level the last couple months. Like, she's she's been killing it. Well, what's fun is I've never seen something about Mary or that one, so... <laughs> They worked out perfectly. Yeah, it's a. It takes me a long time to find them, but it's fun to find those. But yeah, that's all you guys mentioned. Everything else, avatars. Nice. It's just a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying the series. Speaking of psych, we can move on to the psych pilot. Uh, this also was a Hughes Watkins script. So you know, I was just taking a break this week. Uh, apparently, uh, so you narrated. Uh, that's true. That is true. That is true. Um, so I have never watched this show, but I have been told by many people I would love this show. And it's just kind of one of those that it's like the more people tell me I would love it, it's the more I'm just like, I'm probably not going to get around to it. <laughs> it's such a weird human thing. I think you would enjoy this show. I think this show would be right up your alley. I don't, I, I really, I've seen every episode of this show. I've watched, and I, I haven't seen the most, re- the movie that dropped on a couple days ago. I haven't watched that yet on Peacock, but, um, which is why we did this. Yeah. But um, I've seen the entire series. I watched a few episodes more than once. Um, it is a really, really fun, enjoyable show. It is never a great show, in my opinion. I, I really like these US, like USA at this time was doing the whole characters welcome thing. And so you had like, this was like basically the second series because you had Monk and then, which I also love. And then they did Psych. And then you got started getting stuff like White Collar and Royal Pain, um, you know, shows like that. And I really enjoyed these shows. I thought they were really light. You know, they were just kind of, you know, they never take themselves too seriously. um, But, uh, and they were just really enjoyable entertainment, easy, great background kind of series. Um, So I had a really good time with this show. I, I think the main reason was because of James Roday and Dulé Hill. Um, just them playing off each other uh, was a lot of fun, and we we take a sin off for that in this episode, even. Although this episode's a little rough, but it's still like kind of like you were talking about, Aaron, with the community pilot. I can see in this pilot why I continued to watch the show because there mm-hmm. were characters that I wanted to see. You know, I wanted to see them forward and uh, see what happened. And as much as Danae knocked the uh, crime solving skills of Sean <laughs> Spencer, um, I will say the show actually does have some some good mysteries and stuff like that down the road. Uh, this wasn't a particularly good one, but um, they do do some fun stuff with that. And they play with a lot of tropes. There's a kind of like community. There's an episode that's uh, basically a takeoff on Clue, which I, of course, loved. Um, and uh, they do a lot of goofy stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think anytime uh, it's, you it's can an do enjoyable like a- show. I think you would like it. But yeah, definitely don't get your don't think it's like amazing, like, you know, groundbreaking television. It's uh it's just entertaining. The second part of that that people have a hard time believing is that I've watched every single episode of Monk and still haven't watched an episode <laughs> of Psych. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know why. I don't know which is better. Um, they're about the same. I, if you like Monk, you'll like Psych. That's what they all tell me. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I think there's something about a character that you could kind of relate to because he's just a normal everyday person, which... I suppose a detective is too. Let's just be Mm -hmm. honest. Like somebody who's on like solving crimes, they're an everyday person too. They don't have like a superpower. Um, Sean's superpower is that his father was oddly uh, like psychologically abusive, maybe in a way. I don't know. And kind of forces him. By the way, who's who's excellent on the series. Sorry. That's okay. Kind of like forms him into this hyper vigilant 
incredibly over aware little child Mm -hmm. and rewards him for that behavior. And so he kind of can't help but notice things. Um, I think maybe even in any show that's a comedy, there's going to be some leaps to conclusions. And this is riddled with that. Like there's just Mm -hmm. so many incredible jumps to Sean having full confidence that he knows exactly what is happening in this mystery that's you know evolving around him and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't as is going to and that's the comedic part of it that you just sort of have to go with like i think about the part of the plot that literally depends on the direction of the wind stuff like that yeah um or that or, she would put him on a major kidnapping case because of one thing he did you know yeah yeah and, and that that one thing the reason that he joins that he's given a chance is that he points out to the police officers when he's kind of being interrogated at the very beginning to go look in the the shoe of the guy that has the tattoo on his face who's like in interrogation room two or whatever he would have never known that he was in interrogation room two or we weren't shown that scene at least yeah that was cut but still it's like okay how he is he is he really psychic no he's just making kind of a lot of assumptions but it is fun and there is a fun element to it and you can kind of relate to just you know somebody who's kind of um kind of a what's the word i want to look like, like a con artist in a way he's he's kind of conny mm-hmm. i'm gonna well, call he's sean a, I mean, conny he's, he's, a, he's sean he's connery <laughs> sorry um i will say the one thing in the pilot that i thought was funny because i hadn't seen this in forever going back on his character was that that whole opening scene where like he's about to like have sex with that girl he picked up at a restaurant or whatever like that's not something that continues like he's not like a ladies man or anything oh that's interesting <laughs> see I, yeah i mean he um well the ne- the new detective that shows up in the ne- the the um going the Juliet forward character that mm-hmm. shows up there's he a kind of wait, falls hold on and is, there's a new huh? there's a new detective no, new, <laughs> new. oh sorry they all naked uh, man maggie uh for the actress's name but anyways the juliet character he kind of falls for her so he's pursuing her i think that's uh, smart because he definitely came across as a like a womanizer in this one Um, and i would say he gets nicer to gus although they they always kind of play off each other but that was um, the other thing that bothered me is i found myself truly uncomfortable with how he treats gus in the pilot Mm -hmm. and i think i've maybe seen a handful of episodes as they were on Mm -hmm. tv again background like you said jonathan so i don't have near the you know the relationship with the show that you do so yeah i mean they he's i mean he's mean to him i'm not gonna mean you know like like but kind of in the way more like friends are mean to each other like like we were joking about barrett calling me a dickhead and stuff like that i think it's kind of more playful but um but i don't know it's 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 entertaining it's a ridiculous show though everything is convenient (laughs) yeah Uh, and that never that never changes but yeah well, you guys, uh, if you let yourself go with it, you'll, you know, you'll have fun. You guys send it very well. Uh, I'll kick us off uh, as we go into the video. Uh, I did find it interesting because the the script I was delivered as a uh, narrator had a roll credits moment in it, even though it was a TV show. So I had to like kind of on the fly. Yeah, that was my fault. Try to figure um, out like how to make that because it was a. It's one of my favorite sins because they don't they mm-hmm. don't say psych, they say psychic. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah. Well, just, and none of us, none of us caught that. And even no. Barrett, uh, Barrett even questioned what we were doing with that. And I explained it. He's like, "Oh no, I like that a lot. Keep it in." But yeah, but none of us I ever didn't said, catch it "Oh, it until we're now." <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know I changed it. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I think I went with uh, roll commercials. Ick. You know, yeah, as, which just was added perfect. the ick or whatever. Um, the the sin can we uh, where you asked to like um, pattern it after 
like how they like discover things in psych the mm-hmm. clock scene where they like, zoom in or whatever i thought that was really fun uh apparently there's some discussion in the comments about what time is actually on that clock i don't know if we want to address <laughs> that here or later but uh, i mean we can address it here it's weird because um when the clock is zoomed out i i'm pretty sure that i was right now but when it zooms in it's like oh no i can see how that would be because you've Earlier, got like the, yeah. you can tell that there's other marks. It's was it's very blurry and hard to see. I'm fine with it. I really don't care too much. But uh, I have no idea. Like we all looked at it, mm-hmm. editors. We all looked at it. Um, I don't know if it's. I don't know. It's weird. It's, Maybe it's we were really just really strange. What we to see, but I I thought it was different. I was um, very very specific to read it multiple times. Mm-hmm. But maybe when it zoomed in, because I was looking at the full screen, so maybe mm-hmm. when it zooms in, it changes it a little bit. Where yeah. maybe the second hand is oh, gotcha. thicker, or the minute hand yeah. is maybe I got them mixed up somehow. But that was a really interesting thing to point out. It's kind of like one of those moments, like I don't really know, but I like the sin. I like <laughs> yeah, this in the way that it is. I do. I like that's my like reality. We were, right, so right, right. we were playing off the uh, the zooming in, zoom and enhance thing. Yeah, uh, the editors did a great job on that, uh-huh. and they added like the little instead of it being a yellow highlight, they did like yeah. a red cine highlight. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I really did. Uh, and the other one I wanted to mention was the, and I'll just read it. Also, this is a terrible way to introduce a strong female lead, and I hope they find a way to fix this narrative with thoughtfulness instead of sending a mixed message that the affair is somehow just her fault by shipping off the female lead to another department and letting the male lead stay in his position. One of my and, favorite uh, good thing that's not going to happen since that we've had in a while. Uh, and I almost I almost cut it. Um, I did cut it at first because I, I missed that part somehow. And I even said like, yeah, you know, I, I cut this because she's not on the show after that. She's, and Danae's like, yeah, I know. That's what that's the, the point was about. <laughs> yeah. And then I went back and read it. I'm like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> but that's and such a great know, observation. Yeah, and she thought I left it out because she's like, I guess when we get on BTS, I'm going to talk about that in because you cut it i was like no it's in there yeah yeah, no, yeah. It's a great i was excited to see it come back um i that was a really shocking part i guess i'll talk about it in keeping tabs okay that sounds good that sounds good what about you guys what are some other things from the video you wanted to mention um the pineapples welcome i just i was I like we were able to get some play <laughs> yes. on because it because it, it's playing off the usa thing and then it's also playing off the fact that it's never explained why but pineapples are a big part of psych like it, it's yeah just a, it's just kind of a in joke thing mm-hmm. there are There's youtube just, videos where that shows mm-hmm. all the different places that they show up yep yeah you have people that like look for them and point them out um uh, i love the one going right before the sin that aaron was just talking about where she said you you know, I didn't do it the hard way or whatever. And uh, then the sin is get it the hard way. Uh, and then obviously I wanted to know, you know, if that tile ever gets replaced. Um, right. It's really important. And it's the uh, most important thing. <laughs> speaking of noticing things, there are entirely too many lines in that bowl. That's <laughs> a, a prime Denison right there. <laughs> she notices she notices too much fruit. That was a massive better bowl. than anybody. Oh, it was insane. And then the camera <laughs> shifts and on the backside, there's all these oranges. And I love that in the comment section that's pointed out, someone's like, uh, that bowl is not filled with limes. That bowl has oranges as well. And then there's a conversation back and forth with people talking about, yeah, but that's still way too many limes. And I had noticed that there were both. Yeah. And I was like, there's still too many. So I was like, that's exactly why I send nobody, it, guys. Nobody that's needs a- that many limes. This Who is, needs uh, this many? This is why we exist, people. This is this <laughs> is the important work that's being done by this YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... I really liked the sins pointing out just taking apart the like the 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 man would never admit 
to being the murderer this way. I thought that was written really well. I like the sends off that That's Jonathan wrote for is ridiculous. In, yeah. In these types of shows to me. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan wrote one, a sent off for like the performance that like this actor is just super committing to this crazy weird mm-hmm. role. And it is, it is really interesting and entertaining to watch. So I like that. I also like the, uh, yeah, you remember that time that he might've let that guy get murdered to get positive word out about his new detective agency. <laughs> just that run <laughs> that this is the thing that it's going <laughs> to, it's going to stick in my mind as I watch this show forever is that he let this guy die to promote his agency. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I had to change that up a little bit because he did actually, they did find out he was already dead, but I still didn't really think that let him off the hook. It, I mean, but it wasn't like, clear in the show. I yeah, thought he was still alive. Yeah. So I don't know. But anyways, it was uh, it was a lot of fun writing with Jonathan on this one. What was the uh, there was an acupuncture scene that was really funny, too. That was kind of along those same lines. It was like, just remember, this is the kind of guy that yeah. <laughs> would stick people with needles. There was a few of those whatever. that like we we're supposed to be rooting for Sean. Right. <laughs> right. He kept yeah. Just, like I'm he kept just kind of sticking it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the thing about the guy admitting that he did it, like I've been rewatching a lot of murder. She wrote because the whole series is on Peacock. And uh, even in that, as much as I love that show, it's insane to me that like, you know, this woman, this mystery writer will accuse you of something. And she's right. But there's no way you would you would be like, yeah, you got me. I'm going to yeah. confess everything because <laughs> this person who has no authority just accused me yeah. of killing somebody. <laughs> Uh, it's always just always but that's the thing with amateur if you ever read about writers that write amateur detective shows and novels that's the thing they always struggle with is they have to figure out a way to where it makes sense for that person to be even be involved mm-hmm. and at some point you just kind of have to hope the reader you know whoever goes, goes with, with it. it yeah 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 uh great stuff guys great work i enjoyed that video quite a bit uh let's move on to music video sins uh let's get this right camilla cabello uh, yeah camilla, camilla. Cabe- uh, no isn't it camilla it's camilla camilla see that's how hard it is camilla no cabello and and here's the thing in the comments it's back and forth yeah. samuel pierce says it's camilla not camilla because there's only one l well it's not camilla but it could be camilla there's a there's a interview the reason i because i and i actually actually wrote on this one well because this has been a while since we did this one but um there's an interview of her like on the tonight show or something and she's like it's camila like she pronounces it yeah so yeah no and that makes sense like, no a- absolutely makes sense with the one l that it would be camila cabello uh so anyway Cam- Camila Cabello consequences, uh, and this is the most important part is figuring out the, uh, the pronunciation of the name. Um, can I just say I like this song? I, I think this is a very uh, mournful but valuable song. And it's interesting coming to this one after the Super Lonely song last week mm-hmm. because it kind of deals with the same thing, but it actually has a mature response to it. Like there's an actual answer to this, which is to um to admit that what you had was exciting that you were interested in it that there were things about it that you liked but also make peace with the fact that it was unhealthy and make peace mm-hmm. with the fact that you're moving on um and that's that's really interesting that we had these back to back and she's got like she's got an amazing voice i mean her voice yeah. is perfect yeah. for a song yeah. like this totally uh, so it's it's easy to be get and you know caught up in it um, uh barrett said this one was done a long time ago which jonathan you kind of nodded to uh this one's been in the hopper for a hot hot minute and um was actually released i think i can say this because barrett is dealing with like laryngitis right now <laughs> his, <laughs> yeah yeah he, no, definitely. he's having a really hard time getting his his voice back so yeah. we released one that was kind of in the in the back and i didn't realize it was gonna be jeremy's voice so that threw me off when i watched this video um 
he said it's been there for quite some time, so we had to kind of re-watch it. Uh, and he says he really likes the song. He loves Camila, and the video is just okay, but he is a sucker for the piano ballads. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. I hadn't heard the song, and I hadn't watched the video, but I was I was moved by it. I liked the sins, of course, but I yeah, I thought the song was a, it was a refreshing change from a lot of ass shaking that I see <laughs> on MVS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is kind of why kind of why she left Fifth Harmony, not specifically ass shaking, but the I guess the more exploitive nature of the of the girl group scene. Oh, um, she's interesting. Talked about that, yeah, um, and uh, she's been the most successful of that group. Although everyone in that group is very talented, but there's a reason I think why she's been able to break out a little easier than the other ones. Sure. Sure. Well, let's talk about those sins today. You mentioned you uh, you love them. What were some of the ones you dug? Oh, you know, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your way of saying somebody else start? Uh, no, I just had to get back to my notes. Really, oh, really got quickly. it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked pointing out like what's up with pop singers singing about their youth when they are the youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I she's because she's super young. Yeah. I had a conversation with someone uh, just like recently who's like 20 and they're talking about their woes. And I was like, you know, woes are cyclical. It's going to happen and it gets easier. And I'm like, God, I am the mom now. (laughs) Yeah. I am the mom now. That's okay. That's okay. You've earned it. I know. I'm going into the matriarch portion of the program. (laughs) Yeah, because you're beep years old. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for saving Uh, me the editing time in post, uh, Jonathan. I appreciate that. It's very kind. (laughs) I love that run on joke, by the way. Um, Maria Patoka said one of my favorites uh, for an actress, Camila's uh, sure a good singer. That's a little run on one that I mm-hmm. think is fun. Yeah. Uh, and I like that Slophisticated pointed out that Sin Counter starts at one on this one. Did you guys see that? Mm. No, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that at all. It starts on I, one. That's like there's just said. an automatic sin there at the beginning. I, you know, I, I think like I'm going to go look again just to double check, but I thought that was kind of fun. So, okay. well, shoot. Well, Jonathan, what did, what, uh, what did you uh, catch uh, in the video? I liked, and I honestly don't remember what I wrote. What <laughs> so I'm just going to throw this out there. I like dirty tissues under the bed. I mean, yeah. sports. <laughs> um, you can tell it's New York because no one thinks it's odd that the woman is walking, singing to herself. Uh, and then uh, I love the, is Camila a fucking scanner at the end? I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was me. But um, I thought that was really funny. Oh, and then the whole thing about, is she about to fuck a ghost boy? I thought was also very funny. It was very, yes. it was a very well done video for a very like emotional and like serious song. And we were able to get some stuff out of it. I enjoyed the uh, sartorial identity crisis uh, mm-hmm. of, of the man in question. Uh, the uh, treating it like a rift in European diplomatic relations made me giggle. Uh, and then the time cops in, I thought was great. And then Freen Joy. Uh, that just that made me laugh. Freen Joy. So, yeah, it was good stuff. <laughs> What'd you find, Danae? Does it start on one? It sure does. It starts on no. one. Nice catch. He's going to lose his mind. <laughs> nice no, catch. no, no. No, no, no. He can't find out. Well, when he when he listens to this podcast, we just have to deny everything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to Cinema Sins for the week. We'll kick it off with Extraction, the Netflix movie uh, starring Chris Hemsworth. I saw this. Jonathan, I think you saw this. Yeah, yeah. Chris and I did a a mini pot on it. So who wrote on this one? This was a Dicer Share script. This was me and Barrett okay. wrote on this one. Okay. Uh, Danae, I'm assuming you haven't seen this movie. so people. I mean, I have now. You, you've seen because the movie? Because I watched the Sins video. Oh, I got right? it. That got counts. It. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, you pretty, much, you pretty much saw it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah for sure, for sure. Uh, um, what did you think of it, Jonathan? 
Um, I thought it was okay. I think if I remember correctly, I think I gave it like a B minus or a C plus. I that there's that action scene. What is that about halfway through? Yeah, it's like fifteen or twenty. Is it fifteen halfway. minutes, twenty minutes, something like that? I think technically it's twelve minutes. If I remember minutes, correctly, okay. yeah. Um, that's obviously very cool. This was a the director was I guess a stunt coordinator for some of the Marvel films, mm-hmm. and I think he works with John the Russo. Wick. He works with the Russos quite a bit. This was the okay. director. Yeah, Sam Hargrave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so I mean, obviously, like the action is shot really in, in an interesting way. So I like that. But I, the story, I, and I, I'm a sucker for um, you've got to get somebody out of a small area mm-hmm. without them. Get, like I, I like that kind of narrative. Um, but um, I, there was nothing really about this that stood out other than that action scene. I think Hemsworth is giving a good performance. I mean, I think there's, I think I love David Harbor walking in. I know you guys kind of made fun of that, but I actually enjoyed that just because David Harbor's cool as fuck yeah um and uh so there were some moments but overall i just thought it was it was fine i don't know that i'll ever watch it again i uh i remember watching it the first time and really enjoying myself mostly because Mm -hmm. of how clever a lot of the action was Mm -hmm. and um i remember my main takeaway was you know i think i actually uh put this in this the sin removal my main takeaway was let more stunt directors direct movies because they they get this like they they understand it oh absolutely and uh and so i think you could feel that watching it the second time uh, i was much more aware of how ridiculous the movie is and how silly a lot (laughs) of it is and even more extremely aware of how much it handcuffs itself by starting at the end and it's just Mm -hmm. it's it's such a ridiculous decision to start this movie on the end at that bridge it makes no sense in a narrative way it makes no sense in a tension way um i just i don't get it i somebody would have to explain to me the thinking on no in the in the following that. scene that goes back i mean you could have easily just started the movie there. yes i mean there there's it, it wouldn't it would have changed i mean it would have been fine there's nothing it was a perfectly fine starting point yeah yeah i i don't get that at all i, I noticed no, that I a lot more we talked time. about that and that final shot i hate I just hate it. The that ambiguity was such a great of it. Sin. Yeah. That huh? was such a great that was such a great sin. Which one was I just that? Don't like, I don't like sequel baiting like that. Yeah. The yeah. the, the sin at the very end that just kind of this rant about, you know, uh the the blurry figure and could mm-hmm. it be is it just the whole the whole last part of well, this and video if is they great. make a sequel and he's in it spoiler alert i guess but we i mean we spoil it in the in the sin video i guess but you're it's going to be have to be a hell of an explanation <laughs> i mean Dude he was shot dead. through the jugular man like oh yeah no he yeah. is dead <laughs> i mean there's no way yeah yeah it's it it, it won't make well, much sense but, but he what will if be he back. was rescued by a mermaid <laughs> yes, it's very possible. Well, that's what I'm saying. It would have to become like a supernatural thing. Like this yeah. would have to become, like, <laughs> which is possible. It's possible, you know. I mean, hey, look, they brought they brought Freddy Krueger back in one of those with a dog peeing fire. So, you know, <laughs> once you've once Wait. you've done that, yeah, no, this this really happened. You can just you can just Google that and you can see this really quick. But, okay, now um, just help me understand exactly the verbiage for this Google dog pee Krueger. <laughs> Um, yeah, you could probably be like Kruger being brought back from dog piss. Dog piss Kruger back. Yeah, something like that. Um, so once that, once you see that, I mean, anything is possible. But, uh, there's actually a really funny, you could probably find, there's a conversation apparently that Rennie Harlan and James Cameron had, because Rennie Harlan was directing that Nightmare on Elm Street movie. James Cameron was like, I heard you're doing the new uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie, so how are you, how are you bringing them back this time? He's like, well, we're going to have a dog pee fire. (laughs) 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 <laughs> perfect perfect my my um almost 
Googling that just a moment ago reminded yeah. me that recently a fan tweeted at me with a video or or something, which I'm actually going to talk about also in keeping tabs. So, uh, but Jeremy's response was like, you know, you need to repeat this mantra. You don't have to Google everything. You don't have to Google everything. <laughs> yeah. I should also know before we get off this dog pee and fire, the dog's <laughs> name is Jason, which is hilarious. <laughs> oh my like God. Jason, Jason brought Freddie back. Yep. That's amazing. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> uh, do you want to read what Barrett had to say about it? Yes, please. Yes, Tell us please. what Barrett had to say about this amazing. <laughs> Amazing film. Extraction is one dazzling action scene surrounded by a bunch of cliched nonsense. You're using Everyone... the hand motions, but I don't hear a difference in the voice, Danae. Nobody can tell you're doing puppets if you don't change your voice. You're supposed to change it in post. <laughs> How many times do, you about do the I have to tell you? I didn't see if Barrett listened to the podcast or not. Do you know, has he listened to the Barrett puppet thing? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think Go so. ahead. Continue. What did Barrett think? <laughs> Everyone is going through the motions in this movie. Even the asshole evil guy that makes the kid cut off his finger. I could say the same thing about laziness for this movie, even though it's technically better and more precise. The weirdest part to me was the sudden David Harbour, who didn't, uh, who really didn't further the plot at all, except to move them from place to place. Also, this whole, quote, I suppose you're wondering how I got here, unquote, bullshit at the beginning of every movie these days is really starting to grate on me. So that's what Baird had there to say you go. about extraction there you go um what did you guys think about the the video who wants to start i'll start okay cool um i am mostly distracted because i need to come up with a a phrase for this like something where i can just say like a phrase and instantly you guys are gonna know what i mean because i say this so much and i feel like a broken record (laughs) but since i haven't seen it i'm watching the fucking video trying to figure out what's going on forgetting that i'm supposed to be writing notes yeah there's you're good at coming up sure. with titles and, and um how about uh, the distraction of virginity virgin virgin distractions first <laughs> it's your first time and so you're distracted uh <laughs> virgin virgin eyes yeah how did we get into virginity <laughs> that's my favorite thing to be quoted on yeah my virgin distraction segment <laughs> it's amazing you were able to have a child <laughs> that's right uh, it's like that's like it's like my sisters who have never had sex have like six children. It's crazy. It's, it's really know, crazy. How they do that? It's really really confusing. Um, <laughs> so you get so distracted by the video that yeah. you that you end up not taking notes, right? Or just like I'm trying to to watch it. Uh huh. Because it's a movie I'm never going to actually watch. So this is like the Cliff Notes version plus snarky, you know, mm-hmm. you know, sinning, which is a great combination. Um, so yeah, I I mean there was some ones that kind of stood out to me, but mostly I was also like I was also trying to figure out what the plot of the movie is and and things like that. Uh, I was interested because of the sin about the stuntman who was directing it mm-hmm. and that particular driving sequence that actually was praised in this movie. I thought that was interesting. Like, oh, I wonder because you know these guys watch movies all the time, so when they point out a good action moment, I kind of pay attention to that. So maybe that one particular scene I should watch to sort of understand what a standard is. Do you know? Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of appreciated that moment in the video um just for pure curiosity's sake so um but the ones that stood out to me are ones that are going to be like just easy reaches for me like confusing mubai with mubai by birdie or <laughs> the the goonies from hell the blady bunch that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that just those kind of fun things uh pointing out that the kid should be the one in disguise rather than him because <laughs> yeah, he's just like weird. plainly in this white shirt just standing out you know yep. um 
Jeremy's gun gun splody splody pew pew moment was just fun for me. Uh, the the cinema sins cares sin. Yeah. At the, towards is, the end was really fun. For that me. is my. We've done that before, right? Yeah, that's my. I at the end of my life, that I think that will be my contribution to the cinema sins canon <laughs> because I I wrote that the first time during a Pirates of the Caribbean uh, script, and it was about the the um the uh, skeleton sharks. And it was a conversation between the visual artist and, you know, the more common sense person. And it's just like, yeah, but they're skeletons and sharks. Who's even going to care? And so then it was yeah. CinemaSin uh, cares. CinemaSin cares. Nice. Yeah. We care. And uh, I really enjoyed that. And so I've used it a couple of times since then. But it's always for those moments where you, the movie is hoping you'll forget how ridiculous it is because you think it's awesome. That's always the place to use it. And so, you know, I kind of look for those those places to have that conversation again. So. I like I like the placement. I thought it was really, really smart. And then I enjoyed a couple of the outtakes, the CSI scream, obviously, and then the Shawshank Redemption uh, wink was really brilliant. Yeah, the outtakes were strong. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. What about you, Jonathan? Um, the set the sepia tone to straight up urine. <laughs> um, funny, funny note about that. That's a, a great Barrett sin, and I love it. I and I put in the in the noting process. I put this is hilarious. Also, drink more water. <laughs> oh, because you're saying if that was the color. Yeah, of his I'm urine. saying if your urine is that color, bud, you're a little dehydrated. Yeah, no, yeah I, I, I need to drink more water as well. Maybe Barrett and I both right. need to drink more water. It was so brown. Hey, right? I'm, I'm just, like. Dude, I, you, I pissed I Dr. Pepper. You so, may you know. be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like people who drink water, that sin is so different. Right. The tone would be like this okay, really, listen, really light let yellow. Let me be honest, right? Like I drink a, a gallon of water a day at least. And my urine in the morning is slightly yellow. And by about noon, it's clear the rest of the day. Like that's, <laughs> that is how it works for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like for you, that sin's like, Nope, this doesn't work. <laughs> right, yeah. I think but for best, Barrett, mine you're like, like, drink more water. <laughs> I think at best, mine is like medium yellow. Like, that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's oh, a good shit. day. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, <sighs> otherwise, it just looks like pond water. Um, I love when we double up on uh, like our own like running things. So I love the roll credits and that's racist. Mm -hmm. We're playing all the hits today, kids. I thought that was fun. Uh, why even bother buttoning any buttons at this point? Uh, rake can kill with a rake was another one I really liked. <laughs> Um, and then, um, Oh, I, one thing. Well, the the last thing I had about the video itself was the um, I thought it was hilarious when at one point you guys just said how how many people are there left to kill? <laughs> like where are all these other people coming from? But I have to say that Patreon promo because that was on this video that finger effect fucks with me. I, that thing creeps me. <laughs> like the, nice. it's like the finger coming out of the uh -huh, finger coming yeah. out of the finger. Yeah, it's very Doctor Strange. That's amazing. Yeah. That is a visual that will haunt me for many years to come. So you're welcome. That bravo. <laughs> uh, you you guys mentioned everything I wanted to talk about. I will say the the rake thing, just insinuating that he would <laughs> kill him with a Tyler the Creator album for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> just like what a stupid stretch uh and then getting the chance to use the phrase symbolism embolism again uh mm -hmm. was fun i that's one of my favorites so uh so yeah i had a blast with this one this was this was a lot of fun so oh and did we mention uh, what is up with this movie and chucking kids off rooftops that was also one that <laughs> yeah was really yeah i think i had written one that, that got cut on the first one right rightfully so because i think what bear had was better but uh i think it was more mine was somewhere along the lines of just so we're clear 
uh, I am against child murder <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> like, you know, I have 0% enjoyment of movies with child murder. Uh, let's move on to Robots. This was a Hugh Scott script. Uh, Danae and Jeremy writing on this one. Uh, man- See, some, sometimes it's like, oh, what did Danae write on? And then other times it's just like everything. <laughs> That's right. This yeah, is this is one of those. Week. Yeah, this is, this is the Danae show. This is one of those movies that like, I cannot figure out if I've seen it or not. <laughs> <laughs> which means i've probably seen parts of it because like i definitely didn't see it when it came out but my daughter you know when she was really young she would just watch what whatever was on so like we probably did see parts of this movie because it was on like disney or something you know or who i don't know who made this but it was on like you know tbs or something yeah um but i yeah i was watching it going i think i kind of remember this i i have seen it i saw it when it came out mm-hmm. um i have not seen it since and i remember the only thing i remember thinking is this is one of the dumbest movies i have ever like (laughs) one of the most lowest common denominator farting poop joke like you know movies i've ever seen who made this was it is it illumination or i'll I'll look it up but danae what did you think of the movie because was it your first time yeah i hadn't seen it before but i had the same thought because there's there's actually this moment i was trying to find a way to send it maybe i submitted it in my script and it didn't make uh make it to the final cut but where there the robot like i don't know was it a chassis like the the out the exterior of the robot like the the Mm -hmm. shell of the robot was Mm -hmm. removed and it's just pipes that are like like little like like a little stick figure but pipes Mm -hmm. underneath and i mean i thought so much while watching this how does any of this work how are any how are any of these things alive or moving because they you know consume grease but when they oh oh i remember when it was it was there's a scene when they wake up in the morning at like the 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 lady's house and she serves them quote unquote coffee in a cup and it's like hot grease or whatever and they just pour it onto their bodies they don't even put it in their mouth to go and <laughs> lubricate their pipes they just pour it onto their, their bodies and i'm just like what the hell is this movie I feel like this is like cars right where you've just kind of got to accept it or not accept oh. it like that's that's gonna really affect your enjoyment it it was an interesting one to try Cars to per- perceive yeah. and understand like robot sentience and, and all. And like there's was, robots uh, that are making robots that are. And then like yeah. then and then you can make a robot in this world because a robot makes a robot. And then you also can like get a baby robot and then grow it into a bigger robot. Or you can just get a bigger robot from like an adult robot and just assemble it as an adult. Just the whole idea of why on earth would the process that people navigate towards be to continually rebuild their offspring, you know, every few months as they get bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, no, just, you know order a baby and have a baby forever or order a teenager if you want a teenager or or like, <laughs> like the joke there's a joke dog. uh in as he grows as i think is it rodney mm-hmm. um as he grows up that his next hand-me-down parts is the upper cha- like the upper chassis i think i don't know if i'm using that word correctly so apologize no, but the good. upper part uh the, the torso is a female torso and so he graduates high school as a male with a female torso like breasts mm-hmm. and it's that's the joke is that is that kind of thing and but i I'm, i just forces me to wonder if you can just wait until a different part shows up why not wait it's not like there's a timeline you have <laughs> right. to yeah. graduate yeah. from your, your robots yeah or 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 just are there chips are there computers because you know this is 
they they just didn't think it through. So you're totally right. It was just a low like the lowest weird. you know common denominator for for humor. Um, it all uh it all's there, and it all it also leans really heavily into pop culture stuff like with the Got Milk, Ricola, Britney Spears. Like there's all these sort of like of that era hits. The music that they use, which we couldn't play obviously, but the music that they use is all is mm-hmm. all centered around like that era when the when it came out. So it doesn't like even age easily because you're going to see like a got milk poster or a got grease poster or whatever in the background. But does anybody now even know what that is? Does that, does that age? Well, mm-hmm. um, it was nice to hear Robin Williams voice again though. Oh uh, yeah. You know, I miss that dude. There's something about him. That's just so like joy mm-hmm. and tragic mm-hmm. now at the same time. And yeah, because you know, that you know, joy is hiding something, you know, yeah. and that's, yeah, I feel that I, same thing when I hear him. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the animation style is really good though. I, yeah. That, oh I mean, my god yes it's i'm so sure fun. if you listen the, the music and stuff would tip it off but like i will say the animation style though doesn't say like it's 2005 like no that animation totally holds up it's too bad it's not uh part of a better movie yeah it's like it's <laughs> steampunky and yeah, unique yeah. and it's it's a fun world to go into it's i just don't feel like the the it was fleshed out very well which is why i was really impressed with jeremy pointing out like mm-hmm. the the writing and stuff like that, that there were six writers on this. He did have thoughts too. I probably should read those. Yeah. Uh, before you do, it is Blue Sky uh, Studios, Blue which Sky, is the okay. 20th century uh, Fox animation uh, department. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. That must have been one of their first ones. I think so. I think so. Yeah. What did, uh, what did Jeremy have to say? A lot of what we've already said, but I'll just kind of so that he can have his quote unquote voice heard here mm-hmm. on the show. He said, robots is just laziness. It's a lazy premise. A kid doesn't want to stay in a small town. He wants to make something of himself in the big city and then tries to spin every single joke out of the fact that it's robots instead of people. Robin Williams was used better in Bicentennial Man. The film mistakes Rube Goldbergian shit for action, and most of the puns don't even make sense. Like, there's a guy we see briefly on a toilet saying, this is my third oil change or whatever. Uh, like, oil changes aren't to ro- are to robots what pooping is to humans. Uh, they also eat grease. Grease is an ice cream. Grease is everything. Like, grease to robots is not what food is to humans. It's honestly some of the laziest pun writing I've ever seen. Uh, they truly just thought some robot puns up and uh, and a rambling Robin Williams was going to be enough, and it and it was. The movie was a hit, and I hated it. <laughs> None of the vocal performances are standout, despite a great cast, and the finale is just a bug's life with robots. It's fine for kids, but <laughs> insulting to anyone over a 10th grade reading level. I would like to take an oil change all over this movie's face so I, it can eat my grease. <laughs> that was one of my favorite sins, by the way, that this movie is actually a lot of things with robots, but right now it's a bug's life with robots. But robots. He's not wrong. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's still is 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. That blows my mind this is just such a bad movie but uh i think that maybe it's just that likability factor maybe it's just you know you let everything else go because you know you like the character voice you I mean you and mcgregor and robin williams mm-hmm. and you know yeah uh, so yeah mel brooks yeah and it, you know i think there's always something fun about seeing people as other things or like people as transformers transformers as then animals or like there's just like to see something as something else is just fun or like brave little toaster style like like oh that's an interesting world cars like these sort of universes where you're just thinking about what everyday life would be like for Mm -hmm. a robot and i think at the time this was a really unique perspective and it didn't have to have a lot of bulk and a lot of interesting elements storyline wise or you know more substance to it to be interesting to watch and that's why people watched it because this was an early animation i think so yeah anyway 
Um, let's talk about the video itself. Uh, I'll kick us off this time. Uh, of course, Robot Chicken made me giggle quite a bit. It's so simple and so perfect. Uh, worst example of words on pages that I've ever seen uh, was hilarious <laughs> in trying to pronounce it. Uh, it was just great. Uh, the hand-me-down boy parts. Thanks, movie. Now you made me think of hand-me-down boy parts. Uh, I thought it was really funny. Um, I also noticed that, like, the, the, the fact that Robin Williams' character is introduced to him by, like, trying to sell him something. Mm-hmm. But then, and there's a sin about this, and then they're almost, like, immediately traveling in this, like, ball, you know, through this world. I immediately, I'm like, that is Ralph Breaks the Internet. Like he gets to the yeah. internet world and has you know tried to you know sold something by this guy and then they're rocketing in these balls through this internet world. I was just like, wow, that's it's interesting how those parallels sometimes happen. So Ralph breaks the internet, ripped off robots. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, doesn't have the bolts to admit it's an hour and a half of bad puns. Was hilarious <laughs> that you stole one of its bad puns in the uh, the sin itself. Um, in the Hamilton, uh, references were great. I love those. Uh, Want me to take it out and ask it was probably my favorite after yeah. it's like, you know, there's a head in the Lots basket. Lots of love in the comments for the Hamilton stuff. Yeah. And, that was uh, all Jeremy. And this list is much shorter than I thought it would be. Was, yeah, was I had that so one so funny. It's good. What about you, Jonathan? <laughs> um, well, I thought, you know, he, the other pun one was you, you guys said your comedy can't be all puns. I felt like that was directed at Aaron, maybe. <laughs> like, Thank, was, you. Uh... Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yep yeah yeah um and then aaron mentioned a few i had i did enjoy jeremy singing somewhere out there but yeah robot sky right and he um, do you know what he actually uh when we were uh doing the review and um our editing software mm-hmm. on that one i wrote to him because it's fun working with jeremy because when you comment on how he performs like he gets to actually see it mm-hmm. um because he's your partner and so i was like man i love this so much and and he made reference that he purposefully cracked his voice and hit the wrong note just like Feifel did <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> nice that's amazing um and then i think i only had a couple things written down that aaron didn't talk about uh this movie is to humor what scary movie four is to airplane i thought was right <laughs> on mm-hmm. and um yeah no that's all i had very nice did anything else you wanted to bring out about the video uh, I really liked being able to point out that uh, adjusting your neck is a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I really enjoyed that one a lot. Um, so you mean just in general, like cracking your neck's a bad idea? Yep. Oh, I mean, like you can that. go to a professional to do it. Somebody who actually knows how to do it, but you should not do that yourself. I don't I don't know that I've done that, but that, that's interesting. I did not. Yeah, you don't like grab your head where you've got like the left mm. hand on top of your head and the right hand at your chin and then like purposefully jack your neck to the oh, left gotcha. or the right. Like that's a really and that's what the character does in this particular gotcha. movie. Um I uh Jeremy did this one that's just like, get out of my house, male robot, just the anger of this robot <laughs> showing yeah. up in your house. I don't know why that one really genuinely made me laugh um you you already mentioned the chicken in your pants joke which i really loved and then the way that jeremy delivered the um show some respect to the woman who let you ride in her ass wait no that's right (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) i loved how he delivered that one so yeah that's all i had you guys said everything else (laughs) it's good stuff good stuff 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, mm-hmm. those are my dogs. Mm-hmm. Those are my. Uh, every time I, I talk, wow. Uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're. Okay, we're going to try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. Uh, Let's move on to keeping tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're each going to tell a story from putting together the content for the week, maybe a Google search, some strange research, deleted sin, uh, whatever we would like to do. Um, I guess I'll kick us off because I only uh, wrote on the one thing this week, uh, and that was extraction. And there was a lot of conversation in the comments about the sniper sins. There were a couple of sniper sins. And so that was probably the most research I did on this was from uh, snipers who talked about uh, the sniper action in this movie being ridiculous and those kind of things. And there we I think we take off like uh, we put on like 15 sins just at the beginning, just for how ridiculous the sniper action in this movie is. But there are times when snipers are hitting uh, headshots that are in helicopters that are like 20 feet above them. And so like talking about the idea of how you would have to balance that sniper rifle, you know, how you would do that. Uh, the very first headshot is through like a mesh and like it doesn't like break any of the, you know, the little, um, you know, pattern there, like the clay pattern kind of thing. So there's just there's a lot of that that I just kind of like, is that possible? Yes, technically it's possible. Is it likely? No, it is not likely that they would be this amazing. Um, and then beyond that, the uh, sound traveling sniper uh, rifles uh, usually shoot ammo that travels um, faster than uh, the sound does. So if you get hit by a sniper, you won't hear it till after you're dead. You know, kind of thing. Oh, uh, I think that's interesting. The uh, the, the I think there's a there's a movie line where somebody says something about um, you know if you hear it, it wasn't meant for you. <laughs> like so. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really well done. So um, so yeah, there's so that should be you shouldn't hear a sniper's shot, and then also the you know the. Sh- 
you know, that you hear in the movies a lot of times. So I've, I've just always noticed that. Now, there was a comment that was very in detailed uh, in the comments uh, from somebody who knows a lot more than I do, apparently, about... Who's a sniper, animal, who, maybe? Maybe, possibly, I don't know. But they talked about there <laughs> are different kinds of rounds. Uh, there are subsonic uh, rounds as well as uh, sonic rounds or some. Anyways, some that do go slower than sound. Um, and they seem to think that this gun he was using is one of those guns. So I, it's possible hmm. this is a you done messed up, Aaron. I don't know, but I did do oh. the research, uh, and for the most part, uh, snipers uh, do shoot uh, ammo because because of the distances they cover to uh, like impact the gravity that's going to be over that distance and the air resistance and all those things. They have to use these rounds that go faster than sound. So um, it's very rare for a long distance sniper uh, not to do that. But maybe I'm wrong and I'm more than willing to admit I'm not a sniper and I, you know, my research can only go so far. <laughs> so, you know, I don't I get like out of all the job possible, like out of all the possibilities of something Aaron could have done in his life. I think <laughs> sniper would not even. Well, like, listen, that was the urban legend the... about Mr. Rogers, right? People love that kind of thing where like the nicest guy was like a sniper in the, you know, the armed forces or whatever. So there's still people who believe that. Yeah. Yeah, but you've said you're glad you have your wife because if there was an intruder, you wouldn't know what to do. So I don't, I don't think you're. I don't think no, let's, you're a let's clarify. Let's clarify. It's not that I wouldn't know what to do. Oh, not yeah. It's, sorry. It's it's that I wouldn't want to take someone's life, and I don't think I would yeah, be able right. to take someone's life. Um, so. so I think being a sniper that would be kind of a prerequisite. <laughs> yes, yes, I willing. think you're right. I think you're right, John. <laughs> Anyhow, that's my keeping tabs. I did do the sniper research, but maybe I didn't do enough. Who knows? Uh, what do you got today? Um, I was tweeted. So I did this. My, my keeping tabs is I've got two, but I briefly wanted to mention that I did another meaningless poll on Twitter um, recently. And this time it had over a thousand people participate, which was a little shocking to me. <laughs> I retweeted it. Yeah, it was retweeted, I think, like six or seven times, which doesn't sound like, like a big deal, but it is. I was like, Blarp Nation, let's do this or something. Yeah, I wanna... so you could vote between, so my meaningless polls are things, just they're, it's just mealy stuff. So this time it was, you could vote on blip, bloop, blarp, or bleep. And I was in, informed that um, uh, blurp should have been an option. I believe mm -hmm. it was Jeremy himself who may have said, <laughs> you have disrespected the blurp. Uh, and so then it goes into this whole thing, uh, at Bryce, uh, Moyer says Jay Buner, Bunner, I don't know, has entered the chat. And I was like, what is that? And so I, that was what I ended up Googling where then Jeremy said that the mantra suggestion is you don't have to Google everything that you read. You don't have to Google everything you read. Mm -hmm. I learned that there is this sports person who invented the word blurp, which essentially is him um burping and vomiting at the same time oh fun oh my god and he called it blurping it um it's a combination it, it's a it's a great hidden talent and it bothered the people on his team i am super just hitting bullet points here Do because you have the name um the name of the person mm -hmm. uh oh i just said it hold on let me think find it again what is j b u h n e r oh j buner buner he played so, for the Seattle Mariners. So I guess there's like this famous moment when essentially he was blurping on purpose and he made his teammates. And so like the whole dugout started to get sick because they were all having that reaction that people sometimes mm -hmm. do when some person gets sick, another person gets sick. It's kind of like that reaction thing. Um, I stopped reading. There is no universe where that shouldn't be called a barp, right? Like that is <laughs> like that is. Yeah, I, I, it's like a shark, right? Yeah, that's, that's a barp. Yeah. I, I have no clue like or a burf. 
you know, I I just like uh, like I. Did, he called I, it a blurp. Yeah. By the way, it's just the wrong wrong name. Issues here. Uh, shorts are real. <laughs> shorts are real. This I think everybody been, knows that. I don't think you have to have it's intestinal issues to know that that's possible <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I had to just do a throw out for that one. Um, the, the, oh, oh, oh. He, he he said, we have to examine, this is the person on Twitter said, we have to examine that he executed a triple blurp and made the entire Seattle outfield throw up at the same time. There you go. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, so a little sports sports thing that I, I saw, got to I look up. I saw him live when I was a kid. I saw a Mariners-White Sox game and he hit up. I remember. Um, and now that was the memory I had of Jay Buhner. Now I have a completely different one. You're welcome. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. And the, then uh, women were throwing up in their purses. Twins were throwing up on each other. <laughs> Sorry. Stand by okay. me reference. Continue. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I figured it was Absolutely. something. Um, but related to my act to like a script, I did do some research on Psych to find out uh, more about the character who uh, was like the the person, the female lead. I I didn't realize that she was immediately replaced, and it was really mm-hmm. interesting to discover that essentially once the the pilot had been reviewed, uh, it, it had negative feedback because the two characters, the detective and this female uh, detective, were having a, a technically an affair. But mm-hmm. it was the guy was getting a divorce. And so but the people who watched the, sh- the show didn't really equate that he was getting a divorce. They really only heard that they were having a secret affair. And so it negatively impacted the vibe and her character essentially became discredited to the audience so that they obviously, like as we talked about in the show, made some changes. They brought in a brand new character. Uh, but what was frustrating for me that I was thankful to point out in the script is that um, this happens regularly is the female is sort of excommunicated and sent off to go do another job, but the male gets to stay at his position. And I just, I found that interesting to see that in, in culture or in our, um, our, what the the entertainment that we consume um and it happens in real life too I actually know somebody who uh was fired from her job uh, for having an affair but the guy wasn't fired and, and it's so such a, it's such a meaningless plot point too like them yeah. having an affair has no effect on that on that episode and i i almost think they could have even if they wanted to keep her they could have gone in and reshot a couple things and right you know and that I was mean, the that was the thing i kept thinking is yeah. if the if the act if the actress was great i thought she was great yeah. you know there could have been a way to address it because you know affairs are a real part of life and people are caught sometimes and what if there was a redeeming thing what if he really was getting a divorce and you know they worked that out in the plot somehow but because the audience reacted so negatively they're like nope this is tarnished let's just get rid of this character let's ship her off and start over again and and people don't never know what's going on in those situations i mean i technically started dating my wife before my divorce was final but at the Mm -hmm. same time like i had been out of the relationship with my ex-wife for almost two years at that point you know i mean it's Right. You know, it's, and that's the thing. Like, what if that had been highlighted and talked yeah. about? Now, obviously, this is a comedy detective series. I don't know that people are coming to that. And it's and it's very early in their series. Maybe they could do something like that once the show matures. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I just found that to be interesting in my research to, to, to sort of just discover yeah. why a character. Because I really like that actress a lot. And so I do, too. And I, I think when we talked about this a little bit at the time, like I'm a little torn about it because I do like her. And of course, at the time, I didn't really know who she was, but I've seen her right. other things since. But I also really like Maggie Lawson, who comes on the show, and she kind of becomes such a big part of the show. Right. But if she never came and that person stayed on, I wouldn't know any difference. So, you know, right. it's 
kind of but a then weird... and you know maybe he would have continued to be a womanizer and yeah. i wouldn't have wanted to watch a show that's like that a, so that's a but that's still that's a crappy way to lose a job on a it is a crappy I, way to lose a, a job acting is insane i i applaud anyone who can maintain a career of acting because just the stuff that you get ridiculed about right um, just the littlest things that stop you from being able to be on a show or a movie ugh. yeah like your shoulders are too high bullshit like that mm-hmm. yep yeah what about you jonathan um, I didn't. I didn't really do any research on anything uh, because uh, Psych. I I knew most. Of, I mean, I, I, there was nothing I had to research. And then Avatar. I read some episode synopses. But uh, I will. I will talk about though. I guess this is as good a place as any. I made. I tweeted out um, something about the Adventures of Ford Fairlane. This movie from 1990 just celebrated like its 30 year anniversary. And I tweeted out something about um, my intro being, I guess, a sort of homage to something in that movie. And I had a few people. People ask me to further explain that. So I guess I'll do that here. Um, I don't know if it's really an homage, but there's... Okay, so Robert England, who oddly enough plays Freddy Krueger, going back to the dog pissing <laughs> on somebody. Um, this The Adventures of Ford Fairlane is not a particularly good movie. <laughs> also, weird, weird other, other connection to this movie. Rennie Harlan also directed this movie. Good God. <laughs> um, but um, anyways, um, it's not a particularly great movie or anything, but it was just a movie I watched as a child and thought it was kind of funny. It was Andrew Dice Clay. This is like primo Andrew Dice Clay era where he's doing his dirty nursery rhymes and all that stuff so hollywood came and tried to give him a movie career and so he's basically playing like the andrew dice clay persona in this movie have you ever seen this movie Aaron? i don't think i have okay um so robert england plays like a bad guy in the movie he's not the main bad guy but he's like a henchman and he's like i, th- I can't remember if robert england actually is australian but i believe his character in this movie is australian i don't think he but i could be wrong about that but so in one of the things a couple of times in the movie he just says hello hello but he does it like he's like hello hello like that like it's a he's got like an accent and um that's always just something that's stuck in my head and so it's just something i randomly started saying all the time when i would like you know being silly introducing myself and and things like that so it just kind of stuck with me so i guess (laughs) it and it's just it's such a silly movie for me to have any connection to with anything i do (laughs) right but that's kind of the way thing you just never know like what what piece of pop culture is gonna like you know is gonna stick with you yeah um it just happens uh, that way and become a part of like your makeup i guess but uh yeah but that's why that's that's where the hello that's the only time i've ever heard hello hello um is from that movie and for some reason it just it just stuck with me there's a lot Um, of good ones um you know i think of i'll often do the hello yeah you know that that kind of thing um there's you know good in case i don't see you good afternoon good evening and good night uh you know (laughs) there's 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 some good ones so i'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife um so that's it was like a like a salutation or whatever on on clue yeah uh yeah no there's a lot of good stuff but that's the one that's always stuck with me for some reason and i would just people would be like what the fuck are you talking about like i must be like in like in high school going hello hello and they're like what are you doing i had no idea that was a thing i was so shocked by that i was like like, wait this is a thing it's not like i mean i wasn't really it was kind of subconsciously like when i just started doing that i just like well i'll just keep doing that because it you know stay consistent with your intro it's kind of like aaron does the hideley host in your renos whenever he's on syncast mm-hmm. yep it was just a very simple thing to just i don't have to like i don't have to be like i don't have to come up with something every time <laughs> i don't want that pressure i just want to let you know it's not that hard you just look at something and you say I it out know. loud a button no you you are great at that i would actually be stressed out every day like, what am i gonna say <laughs> today's like doesn't so. matter what you say my intro is a button <laughs> what so i'll just uh i was like i'll just quote robert england um 
Why not? I love it. Don't that's fear so cool. the don't fear the non sequitur. Uh, that's great. That's great. Uh, let's move on to the comment section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're just going to take a look at uh, comment, uh, some sort of feedback from the last week. Jonathan, you're going to kick us off on this one. So there was some stuff on Psych about, there was a few comments about uh, Gus. And um, one of them, because we talked about how Gus didn't add anything to the team. Um, I was in no means saying Gus isn't a good character. (laughs) I was (laughs) just saying I wasn't really sure what he brought to the table, like in that investigation or whatever. But uh, we had Max Arnstein, Arnstein said, excuse me, Gus has the super smeller and a magic head, not that head. That's what Elsie brings to their team up. And that is true. He has a super smeller that we find out uh throughout the series um and then nova 348 said gus is the best character in this show period um i might agree with you and then just something that i thought was funny roger thornton said i can't believe you send psych and then he said come on son which is a uh actually a gus uh saying uh gusism nice you want it i like show. it yes the site comments were actually very pleasant for the most part. I thought so too. Lot, I forgot how many people love that show though. <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah, it's got a fan base for sure. Yeah. Uh mine comes from the robots uh comment section. Uh and it quotes a sin that says, Today I learned that robot romance makes me gag. And then they say, Wally would like to know your location. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that one so much. That's uh, so funny. Yeah. No, that was great. Thank you. That was Cartoon Master. Thank you for that. Uh Danae, what about um, you? Yeah, mine comes from Twitter. Uh at Photo Tony says, um, and it, it gets a little serious. I just want to give you guys a little heads up. It's not a downer, it's just a kind of a amazing nod to the community. But uh he says, In the past eight months, my aunt Donna died, my uncle Jerry died, my aunt Marcia died, and my dad had a heart attack. The uh through it all, I have relied on my friends, my family, CinemaSense podcast, Sincast, and Behind the Sins. You don't know me, but you keep me going. Um, Jeremy replied directly with some condolences and a thankfulness to be a small part of the world. Um, photo Tony continues. One person can't change the world, but they can make a dent. Well, you and the rest of the CinemaSins crew have made one hell of a positive dent in my life. And I'm sure the lives of many others, you may quote unquote, just run a YouTube channel and have a podcast, but you're having a positive impact on people and what you do matters. Never let anyone tell you otherwise. I thought not only, uh, was this wonderful to read as somebody personally on the CinemaSins team, but it's also something that everybody can remember is that um, what you do in your life makes an impact. Uh, doesn't matter what your quote unquote just is. You might just do this or just do that. Uh, and we can kind of downplay that we have a positive impact on people and you should never do that because when you take a moment and say you care or you're just being you and um, it, it really it can really genuinely change the atmosphere around you and the people around you. And um, we really, really appreciate all mm-hmm. of that feedback. Uh, I can tell you from the behind the scenes <laughs> world, anytime we get emails that say something like this from our members on Patreon or from, from fans uh, on Twitter or even emails and we share them amongst our team, uh, it's always taken very humbly and um, I think most of the people on the team continue to be shocked that mm-hmm. uh, the entertainment that we do, the fun that we have is something that 
brings you guys true genuine joy and meets you in your hard times I don't think that was something that was expected and so thank you for sharing that stuff with the team I think it's important for us to know um, but it's also important for you guys to know that the same thing for you so absolutely I just wanted to I, I tell one. my wife all the time I will genuinely never get this and then of course she immediately says yeah I don't either because I know but um <laughs> No, she actually did the first time she came and watched. She came to the Wizard uh, Con thing that uh, Aaron and I were at in Nashville. And uh, she remembers like people were like talking to Chris and like asking Chris questions. And she was sitting there thinking, like, that's just Chris. Like, what the, like, why are people so interested in Chris? But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a really weird, uh, it's a really weird experience. Um, I'm grateful and I, it's amazing to hear these things, but like, yeah, I just genuinely, like I will, I will never get why someone cares what I have to say about something. I'm glad they do. Thank you. That was a uh, very good Danae. Thank you for sharing that. It's, it's always uh, humbling and we're very thankful, mm-hmm. thankful for all of you. 100%. Let's move into beyond the sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're each going to talk about something else from the world of pop culture that we've seen recently. Um, and Jonathan, why don't you kick us off on this? Okay, I've got, um, I'll do them really quick, but I've got, I just have two podcasts that I've just kind of started oh, fun. Uh, listening to. Um, I Because I hadn't really been, I kind of went off podcasts for a minute. And then over the last week or so, I've been trying to get caught up on some and I just discovered both of these. So I thought I'd mention them. Um, one of them has been around for about a year. Um, it's, in fact, I think it's basically been a year. I think he started like in June or July of 2019. And the most recent episode was the 31st episode. So it's not too many yet, but it's, um, my favorite talking about uh, my favorite kind of horror movie. Like my, really my wheelhouse is uh, gothic horror. Um, I've, especially as I've gotten older, I've just really gotten a lot more into classic cinema and stuff like that. So gothic horror has become a thing. And even when I was a kid, like my mom introduced me to like the universal monster movie. And then eventually I started watching like the hammer horror movie, you know, monster movies and stuff. And so I just really enjoy that. Most horror movie podcasts focus more on like 1980 and forward. And then maybe they tackle some of the big ones in the 70s, which I completely get. But I was really excited to find this podcast. It's called Cobwebs, a gothic cinema podcast. It's done by Daniel Epler, who you can follow on Twitter. He's a great follow on Twitter. Um, I believe if you just look up his name, E-P-L-E-R is his last name. Um, and the the episodes run anywhere from like 30 minutes to a little over an hour. But he, uh, sometimes it's just him. Sometimes he has a guest. I've listened to about eight or nine episodes um, and just kind of picked and choosing movies I've already seen or movies I want to revisit and then I listen to it but he's basically just going through and doing you know gothic horror he's doing like you know a lot of the Hammer movies a lot of the a lot of the Edgar Allan Poe adaptations from the 60s that Roger Corman did um, and then he's even done some semi more recent stuff like there's an episode I haven't listened to yet but he has an episode on Batman Returns um, so just anything that kind of tackles the gothic area um, is is kind of where he's going which is just a big boom for me because I just I love listening about stuff like that. I love those kind of nice. So if that sounds interesting to you, it's called Cobwebs, a gothic cinema podcast. And then the other one I'll talk about real quick is an older podcast, but I just now started listening to it. It is called the Purple Stuff Podcast. Um, they've been around for a few years, but I, they're kind of intermittent with their episodes. Like their latest episode was 73. So there still isn't that many episodes, but, um, they're really fun. It's just these two guys, uh, their names are Jay and Matt and they just, uh, they're clearly like kids of the eighties, like me and Aaron. And so they just talk about just a lot of random stuff like that. They talk about the, they've have episodes on toys and they have episodes on movies. And they, like, there was this one episode I listened to where they were watching a TV show that they had recorded on VHS back when it aired. And they were talking about 
about the show and the commercials and all that kind of stuff. Um, they've had episodes where they've talked about, like they've made up their own like Halloween soundtracks or Christmas soundtracks. The most recent episode that I just finished listening to today was they go through their favorite, all-time favorite sodas. Um, and they, they start, to, I mean, it's just, it's just like such a nostalgic kick because they start talking about like Hubba Bubba soda and like uh, apple slice. And also they entered Fago, which have you had Fago? Because that's a Michigan thing. Yeah, oh, definitely. Fago was a huge part of my childhood. I yeah. really want to try Fago now. Apparently they still and they still make it, and there's like eight million flavors. Yeah, so many flavors. Uh, but we don't have it here. So <laughs> or, orange Fago and grape Fago were were usually the ones that that would make the biggest appearance. Yeah, oh yeah, that makes sense. Because when I drink like um, I drink grape and orange soda here, but it's like you know it's knee high or um, crush. crush. Crush is kind yeah. of the big one here. Yeah, um, but uh, but I don't know. It was just kind of fun. It's just it's just a really fun podcast. They just kind of talk about whatever they want. But it's it's very like I said for me being a kid of the same time. It's just it's it's a lot about nostalgia and all that kind of stuff. So if you were um, a kid of that same era or if any of that sounds interesting to you, I highly recommend it. It's called the Purple Stuff Podcast. Awesome. Awesome. So that's mine. Awesome. Today, what do you got? So I've been obviously on Webtoons. I talked about that a lot, um, but I came across one that I am actually kind of excited to share because it's for sure something that I think would be more of like a horror genre. Um, and so I, the art is really, really good. The story is really intriguing. It's definitely creepo. There's there's blood and violence and like creepy like creepy thoughts or whatever so i was going to talk about it but then whenever i was looking into it and kind of researching it i'm realizing that the webtoons comic uh which is called not even bones by Stephen lamb and ally scenario i might say that wrong but just look up not even bones is actually based on a, a book series so there's apparently a series of books called The Market of Monsters, huh. and um, it is by Rebecca Schaefer. So I think the web comic is maybe fan based. I really didn't figure out how the people who are drawing and creating the art on Webtoons are if they're connected to the author directly, like if they have permission to do this or what. So I'm not I'm not sure about that. I've not solved a mystery here, but. There is uh, the first book is called Not Even Bones. It was released in 2018 and it is a twisty, grisly, genre bending and immersive. Uh, Not Even Bones will grab you by the throat and drag you along as it gleefully tramples all of your expectations. It's hmm. pretty good. Cool. That's pretty good. Um, it's, it's super dark. Oh, another person said Dexter meets this savage song. In a dark fantasy about a girl who sells magical body parts on the black market until she's betrayed. And that's hmm. kind of a little bit more of the genre. It's, I mean, it starts off dark quick, but it's um, also in the webcomic form light enough that I'm like, I mean, I'm not like not here for this. Um, and you're obviously rooting for the main character, trying to figure out what's going on. Hmm. And it pretty quickly in the webtoon kind of gets you where you're comfortable with continuing to read it. Uh, and then of course it's all based on material that I, I don't know. I kind of want to go read it cause I love reading. It's been a long time since I've devoured a series and this one is really, really different. And that, um, when it's talking about like genre bending, um, yeah, like there's, uh, the people in this universe have powers X-Men style. Um, but apparently there's people who will like, they're, they're like suppressed and they're sold and like people 
want to consume even parts of them to see if they get powerful from it. So it's a darker kind of look at what could happen in a world where there's people with powers. Um, so I don't know what happens. Neat. I'm just getting into it, but it sounds like something, I don't know, that maybe several people in the audience might find. Maybe horror fans would kind of enjoy something like this. So I thought that I would bring this one to the table today. Very nice. So the book series is The Market of Monsters, and the uh, webtoon is Not Even Bones. Is that correct? Yep. Very cool. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the HBO documentary Showbiz Kids, and uh, we may actually even have some further outtakes on this because we did discuss it uh, before we started recording too. But uh, this is a documentary on exactly what you would think it might be with that title uh, about children who grew up uh, in the showbiz industry and what that meant to them, how that experience was for them. It features interviews with people like Will Wheaton, um, um, Evan Rachel Wood, uh, Mila Jovovich, um, and many, many others. Uh, Todd Bridges uh, is in there quite a bit. Um, what's the guy's name who is the kid in E.T.? He's a big part in it, too. Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas, yeah. And, and you also have, um, what is the, the kid from Jesse and the Descendants, and he actually passed away. Oh, yeah. Cameron Boyce. Yeah, Cameron like Boyce. That. And some of my favorite stuff in the documentary is from Cameron Boyce. He just seems so honest and uh forthcoming about some stuff and he uh tragically died in his sleep uh due to a seizure uh shortly after he filmed the interviews for this movie um so uh and it goes all the way back to child stars of the silent film era too so it, it covers a really wide span it was done by alex winter who you may know uh as uh from bill and ted as the not keanu reeves character uh from bill, bill and ted he is bill <laughs> Um, but who has, uh, since then become more of a behind the scenes director type person and has dealt with his own kind of growth through this kind of stuff. So you could tell he was really passionate about the material. And I just think this is a very well put together and respectful documentary on real human beings who lived a very different life than most of us uh, will ever understand. And I just gained so much empathy watching this for those people and what they went through. I also didn't mention and Mara um, Wilson, right? Mara Wilson. Yeah, Mara Wilson, who you may remember as a little girl from Mrs. Doubtfire, and she was also uh, in several other things then too. Um, and so, I just I would highly recommend seeking this out, checking it out, and kind of hearing these stories, and just thinking even deeper about the um, just the impressionability of children and having them work in this kind of environment and for our entertainment. You know, there's there's almost an aspect of it that is challenging that is gladiatorial in some ways of like entertain me child, you know, kind of thing to it that I think we all have to kind of wrestle with uh, a little bit. So I, I just, I, I found it wonderful and would highly, highly well, recommend it. And it's, um, I really liked it too. And I was really thankful for you recommending it to us. You got like three of us to watch it. Yeah, it was, it was fun in the Slack chat. Everybody was yeah. like popping it on and watching it. Yeah. But, um, but I don't know if this had to do with winter or if it was just the, the, the actors were more than willing just to do it. But like, I don't know if it was just him question the way he questioned them or what, but I mean, they're really free to just speak their mind and it never feels like exploitive or anything right. like they were exploited. Right. Obviously. Oh, and Todd Bridges. We didn't mention Todd Bridges yeah. was also one of the actors that talks on there. 
Um, and I, that's one thing I really liked about it. Like I didn't feel like it was taking sides or anything like that. It was just very much them presenting what their experience was. And, uh, it was, it was amazing. I mean, it was just great. All of them. Um, yeah. Evan Rachel Wood kind of stood out to me for some me reason. Too. I just, just the, it was just the maturity. I don't know. Something about the way she presented it was Dean. Um, and then just the, the, the stuff about the parents was the worst part of it for me. Yeah. Um, just it made me very like I wanted to call my mom and just tell her I loved her yeah. <laughs> after watching that. Cause even if I had been an actor, I don't think she would have done those things to me, but then some of it, you don't even know if it was intentional. Like Henry Thomas tells a whole thing about his mom just was so scared that somebody was going to take advantage of him. You know, that's how it came across that mm -hmm. it ended up being kind of off putting for everybody else. So um, he became considered difficult to work with. Right. Right. Um, and they talk about know. that. They talk about the idea that even as children, um, if you know, there's almost a usury aspect to it where it's like, well, you know, if you're going to complain, there's thousands of others that would be more than willing yeah. to do this. So put up yeah. with it. Take the abuse. Take the whatever happens to you. That's just part of the deal yeah. kind of like thing. Will Whedon talks about getting yelled at because he couldn't eat a brownie right. And I mean, mm -hmm. it's just it's the, it's crazy. But the the Henry Thomas uh, 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 audition tape, which I've seen before, that is still that kills me every time. <laughs> like it's astonishing. So. <laughs> and if you don't know what Jonathan's talking about, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. Um, immediately search it out. His audition tape for ET is kind of mind blowing. And it ends with Steven Spielberg saying, okay, kid, you got the job because it's just like, <laughs> I mean, it, it is so real. I, I, I don't know where he went as a child to, mm -hmm. to feel that, but he was feeling it. And it's just, yeah, it, it is a it mind blowing might, audition. It might be, it's, it's definitely up there in the conversation of best child performances. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's up there. It's I will tell you there. this. That, that's a that's an insane. I, I recommend it wholeheartedly. I think it's well worth watching. And honestly, this is one of those documentaries. This is a weird thing. It doesn't happen with a lot of documentaries. I kind of want sequels like I kind of want it to mm -hmm. be a docu series. And I want the next batch of child actors to speak honestly about what we've done to them as an entertainment society. You know what I like? I think it's just it's yeah. such a valuable thing that I want to continue to hear more voices on it. Um, I don't know. That I'd that like to happen. I'd but. like to hear um, the kids that were doing like the dance mom series. Mm -hmm. Sure. Like yeah. Any of those kind of I'd like to see them. And I remember when um, dance mom started to get really popular. I was talking to a friend of mine and I said, you know, in 15 or 20 years, I'm going to be real curious what these girls have to say. Mm -hmm. because they're going to be adults out from underneath their parents and have more of an ability to speak about whether this was something that they even wanted to do and what trauma they're, they were exposed to from being in this mm -hmm. like highly competitive environment that is inflated because there's a te television show there that's there for the drama. And you get a lot um, of that on this documentary too, where these kids talk about like, I mean, they're adults now, but they talk about when they turned 18 and they realize that like they didn't need their parents anymore. They could, right. they could not do it anymore if they didn't want to, you know, and it became like this kind of weird thing. Um, I don't know. That, that's a, that would be really interesting to hear like the reality kids. Yeah. Yeah. Up, even, or even the, the kids same from, thing, like, right? Like growing up Chris Lee or, I mean, any of these reality shows, the younger Kardashians, you know, I mm -hmm. mean, it's, all yeah. that John and Kate plus eight, you know, or, you know, any of the big oh family ones or, you know, those kind of things like uh, the Duggars or whoever it might be, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's uh, what little people, big world, for example, you know, where we're just we're watching people because it's it's curious to watch people. But, you know, do they as they grow up and they didn't have a choice, like, do, do they look back on that and feel like that they were 
I don't know. Yeah, the, the exploitation. They didn't have a choice. Yeah. You know? Or, 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 and what struck me about this documentary is, or the ability as a child to express the emotions you're having is such a hard mm-hmm. thing. And Will Wheaton specifically talked about, I didn't have the words to tell them that I was being abused or that I was, you know, like, I just didn't know how. So what I would say is, I hate this. You know, I don't want to do this. And so they transitioned into movies after that because it was on a commercial. So they just thought he didn't like commercials or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so but he talked specifically about I just didn't have the words to say I'm feeling used or I'm feeling, you know, exploited. You know, it's just that it's just such a hard, weird thing. And then he goes and does movies and like his second movie is a huge hit. And it's, you know, it's a big jumping point for him. And then his then his mom puts him in this really shitty horror movie. And yeah, which ends up being like a horrible, abusive situation. Yeah. There's um uh Billie Eilish is someone that I find interesting because her mother is always there. Mm-hmm. And I think about that like as a parent if a if my child were to gain popularity somehow, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 her like a path opened up and you know would I take her down the path of entertainment and exposure? I think the answer is no. Um I'm actually taking steps right now to uh, make my Instagram private. So now I have like a, a fan Instagram where you can follow like a, a Danae says Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then the no, one that I've that. had for a long time, I'm just going to like literally just go in and delete followers because it's like, no, she's not, she doesn't have a choice. I tell her stories, but she doesn't have a choice right now on what, mm-hmm. you know, is happening. And to a certain degree, she has more exposure than the normal kid maybe. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to think about. And I think about Billie Eilish's mom and I just wonder if she's doing her damnedest to make sure her kid doesn't end up alone in a room with some person that will take advantage of her youth. I think now, because people are more aware of that, I think, because like Evan Rachel Wood tells the story. I don't mean, I don't even give everything away in the documentary, but there's so much going on. But Evan Rachel Wood tells this story about going to the Golden Globes and having to sit there and watching someone she knew damn well was a pedophile receiving an award. And she couldn't say anything. She couldn't do, I don't necessarily think he did anything to her, maybe, but she doesn't say Right. Do you know well, what I'm talking about? I don't Aaron? think I don't think it's accidental that the yeah. very next scene is about Kevin Spacey and Brian Singer. True. Like you know True. what I mean? Like I don't think yeah. that's I, I think it's the 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 video the movie's subtle way of saying even if it's not these people, look, you know, these are the stories that we're hearing now kind of thing. Yeah, so. but I can I can tell you like if if my daughter was doing this, she probably would get that because uh, uh, um, my wife wouldn't put up with much. So they probably would get that hard to work with uh, stigma. Yeah. Well, uh, honestly, but see, here's the here's the thing. Performing yeah. children, even outside of entertainment, I do think of, you know, your daughter's gymnastics. You've taught you've told stories about yeah. the cheerleading and gymnastics. And, you know, I don't like this. I do like this. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think you're doing such a great job at, of listening and trying yeah. to interpret what she's saying based on the yeah. words she has to use i'm i'm so iris is right now three and i'm doing this right now she has two different child care places she goes to that are in homes and they're kind of like you know smaller more like home-minded child care and one she's excited to go to and the other one she's like i don't want to go so this week i kept her home because i want her to know i listen to her mm-hmm. but i'm trying to help i'm without giving her the words i'm trying to ask her why she doesn't like to go there because i'm mm-hmm. curious is she being hurt you know um what what's happening is it does she is it that she doesn't like the toys there is yeah. it there's like more children there um 
and she like she'll reference a couple things there was a kid that went there for a short amount of time who was younger and he bit her a couple times uh. and so i was like okay super good reason to not want to go he doesn't go there anymore so but she's three i have to kind of like meet her mm-hmm. on that level and kind of go okay is there something happening here and what are the words that you a little person would be able to tell me that there's something serious happening mm-hmm. and it's hard it's really hard unless i'm there i don't know like i'm thinking like okay i'm gonna strap cameras on our body and send her to this place and yeah. just watch her all day you know it, it's hard to know what to do yeah anyhow i agree uh, i agree it's it's a fabulous documentary i recommend it to everyone uh i think it'll open your eyes and your heart and i think uh create some empathy for a situation that a lot of us don't have any kind of experience with so good stuff it's called showbiz kids again it's on hbo that's gonna do it for behind the scenes this week don't forget to make sure you're subscribed go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well you can hang out with us on twitter uh at cinemasins bts is the main twitter uh personally if you want to uh message us uh we're at aaron dicer at danae says d-e-n-e-e-s-a-y-s and at sam loomis 13 so for jonathan watkins danae hughes and myself we will see you next week thanks for listening send any feedback to bts at cinemasins.com and be sure to subscribe rate and comment find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash bts when a conversation switches from business back over to fun or whatever we should go into non-work chat totally disagree let's have all the random fun random fun is great but whenever i'm thinking that there's something work related going on and my phone's just going bing bong bing bong bang bing bong bing bong bing bong this coming from the person who can't just type one thing she has to like hit us with five at a time (laughs) that's a good point you make a valid point (laughs) your uh preference danae would be uh if if another conversation is going to happen it hops to a different channel it's an impossible uh preference it's one that I just kind of have to deal with it. Yeah. And um, sometimes I mute channels and then I have to just go back later on and, and just trust that if there's something important, I'll be added. You know, somebody will like link me. Yeah, like tags. You know, it was funny. My favorite part about that whole thing this week was um, Jeremy was like, I should have put this in the non-work chat. And then you were like, hey, I copied it over there. And then the conversation continued in the same one. <laughs> Hold on a second. Again, why do you interrupt me whenever I'm recording? Donuts. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I like the gun show that you're giving us there. Uh, Jonathan says your arms are sexy. That's not what I said. He just said he's your biggest fan. <laughs> That's because Jonathan is biceptual. He's biceptual. That got him to leave. Great. But the thing with Apple, though, you really do have to get the Apple specific stuff. Like, I mean, they're they're geniuses um, because if you get the off brand chargers, um, they don't charge as fast. And like if you've yeah, got a car true. with a USB, uh, they you can't do the Apple CarPlay with them if it's not a, if it's not an Apple charger. I mean, it's they have they're geniuses like they've. Yes, you you just they're, you forgot one word. They're evil geniuses. You have to throw the evil in there, you know. <laughs> My son recently, one of my sons, who shall remain nameless to protect uh, their identity, (laughs) uh, just after we bought him uh, his new phone, uh, walked into a pool with it in his pocket. So, uh, (laughs) Is this the same one who went to the lake and had it fall out of the pocket? Nope, different one. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's, a, it's a different one. And the other thing, if you ever drop your phone, I mean, the first thing you can't do is like, don't try to turn it on. I mean, don't, you know, don't push any buttons, like anything. You oh, yeah, I learned drop. a lot. I learned a lot. Yeah. Um, apparently, rice is an old wives tale actually doesn't work uh it like does nothing but possibly get grains of rice in your phone <laughs> which i was like okay uh apparently you're much better off just uh leaving it alone not pushing any buttons letting it dry out if you have some of those like silica packets that come in packaging mm -hmm. you can put it in a box with some of those and that might draw out some of the moisture uh but apparently rice does not draw out uh moisture like uh like i've thought before so yeah I was walking through the uh, the room. My one of my sons is on a Criminal Minds kick. He just decided to start watching Criminal Minds on Hulu. It happens, man. It happens. And okay. uh, and I, I would just I, you know it's just it leads to these wonderful times where I'm walking through the room and all I hear is what you thought I killed them? No, I just wanted to buy their body parts. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, all right, whatever's going on in this show, you know. I wanted to talk about how amazing our fans are. Like, right? Like, an episode comes out, and there are at least three or four of our fans who always have stuff to say about the episode, which always makes me happy. We've got people offering to install uh, electronic covers for the Finding Nemo poster. Uh, I'm all for it, Dexter. Yes. <laughs> it's Please. just fun it's just like in in and just to be honest like some of them i don't even understand like they, they'll tweet something about the episode and i'll be like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did, did you see the gif that was uh shared or i think it was an instagram video of like who i actually am more like which is i think meg from family guy yeah, yeah. i guess there was a series of meg huh. going through like pubet like pre, like going from prepubescence through puberty yeah and it starts with rejecting tampons and being mad about having her period to pimples uh, and then basically burning the house down. I'm like, yeah, that's super accurate to me. <laughs> it's incredibly accurate. Uh, you, you, I'm sorry. I have, you mispronounced GIF, so, but we can continue. I just, I just wanted oh, to throw that, throw that out there. Um, and then Tom uh, T-Train85 says, catching up on the show, I'd like to preemptively nominate Danae says singing the gibberish version of can you feel feel the love tonight in the outtakes as best moment for next year's <laughs> anniversary show <laughs> we do need to think about having people submit throughout the years or so keep that, track that, of them or something yeah 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 we got to figure it out because it, it'll it would be better it'd be easier to do it as the year goes on than trying to remember and we all have to wear year. tuxedos on that episode yeah me too we do need... i get to wear like a cool yeah, tuxedo yeah, yeah. cool <laughs> You can totally wear a tuxedo. You can be like, like a little uh, pant like Kate, suit. Kate Blanchett, I think, rocked one one time. Here's the backwards tux. Here's just know. here's what I'm saying. Don't send it to us thinking we're keeping track. Like, <laughs> 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 like if you want to keep track of your favorite moments, please. And then at the end of the year, you can send them to us when it's time. What? But I'm not what keeping if, track right now. What <laughs> if we made an email that was best of BTS? Okay. And people just sent their submissions there throughout the year. And, and then really just check that email only once check a that year. email once a year. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Best of BTS okay. at, at cinemasins.com. Yeah. Send timestamp an BTS. episode. Mm -hmm. Send the timestamp an uh, episode. And then um, Jonathan, I'll just make it your email. So you have to, oh, you have you. to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, did I tell you how I used my CinemaSins email at the Chevrolet dealer? And I, I don't even know why. I guess I just try to think of like because I have like three emails. I have a Yahoo and then I have two Gmail. But you know, like the CinemaSins one is just very simple. So I just use that one because I figured that would be easy. And then I didn't really think about it. 
And then the guy like repeated it back. And then he was like, wait, 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 the cinema sins. <laughs> I was like, Oh crap. Now this guy's got my email. <laughs> no, it was, it was very nice. He was just, he was a fan and just asked if he asked me a few questions and stuff. He was, he was awesome. But, that's uh, good. That's good. Is it is one of those things where, so when somebody says the cinema sins, you never know which way that's going to go. <laughs> like, it's true. No, I can tell like he seemed, he seemed genuinely like excited. So, I mean, I could tell, but, um, I just was like, maybe I shouldn't use that email in the future. I want to send a shout out also to our fans who continue to click like on the YouTube videos, um, because I don't think you realize how encouraging it is to go down the videos and see like a high percentage of likes. Because when you look through the comments, sometimes you do see some of the negative comments and you're like, oh, it's about a quarter negative and, you know, 75% positive kind of thing. But then you look at the likes and it's like 96% positive and it's just like, thank you. Like, thank you for taking the time to say you like something because people are much more apt to take the time to say they don't like something. And so that's very encouraging. So just a shout yeah. out to all the awesome. video likers. Like, that's really cool. It's also been nice getting to actually do some of these interviews with people in the industry and realizing that like, cause you always feel like everybody in the industry just hates you. Cause you know, those few people that have said stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I, I think most, I think, well, I think generally most, a lot of people probably even know who we are. Right. And then the ones that do probably most of them don't really care either way. And then you get like some that like us and some that don't, you know, it, it kind of evens out. So it's just been kind of, it's been kind of nice to be able to get that perspective. I was watching the uh, Showbiz Kids doc uh, that, we, that we've been uh, talking about recently and just some of the hate that these kids, you know, got mm -hmm. through even Will Wheaton talking about how, you know, he was destroyed by fans, Star Trek fans, just like Oh, I, re and I remember him. that because I watched that when it was on and I remember all that stuff going on and I was just like, I mean, and I wasn't, you know, I, I thought he was fine and I mean, good for him. He's great, to be on yeah, the show. sure. I think it's mainly, but I think it's mainly people that are, I think it's mostly jealousy. I think that's what a lot of that is. I, I just- pissed off because- I just see things like that and I just remember yeah. like haters is a real thing. Like it's kind yeah. of become like a, a cliche joke kind of thing, like haters going to hate kind of thing. But it's legit. Like people, there are just some people who like to hate things and that's, you know. Oh, it's so. awful. So yeah, it's, um, but it's encouraging to remember that that's, that's on them sometimes. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that there's an element of that that, you know, obviously constructive criticism is always fine and we always want to do better at what we do. But at the same time, that's not what a lot of this is, you know. Well, so. and then and then on that showbiz kids, on top of that, though, you find out that they're not e and they're not even getting support from like their parents. Right. Or yeah. Their siblings. That was some of the saddest stuff was Will Wheaton talking oh about his God. parents. Like that was that was hard. Who? That was hard to Which hear. One? Will Wheaton talking yeah, about, and I knew his about mom. Todd Bridges. Yeah. But that was still hard to hear. Yeah. Um, and talking about like, you know, maybe his father was the reason he became the person he became where he was getting in trouble and mm -hmm. because his father didn't give a shit that he was getting molested. Like, I mean, it was yeah. just insane. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And then like, um, no, that was really cool. It's, I mean, I, I mean, I know that they're, you know, I, I know that they're all like, I, I know that can't be easy, but I think a lot of people just throw it off to like, oh, they're, they're crazy because they're spoiled and they don't know any different. And it, maybe some of them that's true, but like, it goes so much deeper than that. Like the stuff Evan Rachel they're Wood kids. was getting into. They're kids yeah. at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, what are yeah. they supposed to know? What are they supposed to do? Exactly. Like, the, yeah. The stuff that Will Wheaton and Evan Rachel Wood, the stuff that they were getting into, like just psychologically, it was just, you know, it was it's powerful. It was, it was very powerful. 
Like, I don't want to be uh, irresponsible and let my daughter do whatever she wants, but I also don't want it to be like her first year of college. She's ODing or, you know, just doing really dumb stuff or doing, doing, doing stuff to doing stuff to excess, I guess, is the way to put it. I think a lot of this, this will come off a little extreme, but I think it's worth starting a conversation about. I think a lot of us who grew up in the evangelical uh, Christian church of the Mm -hmm. 80s and 90s uh, are realizing that we grew up in a Christian cult as much as we grew mm-hmm. up in a Christian religion. And that's that's tough to wrestle with. Like so many of the behaviors and the lessons and the things we deal with uh, are very cult-like. Uh, and they came in, the hard part is they came from a, a, I think a loving place. Like I know with my parents, they came from a very Absolutely. loving place. And, and I actually was very fortunate to grow up with parents who wanted me to think for myself and encourage debate and, you know, those kind of things. But they still... Uh, they still raised me in a cult-like environment, uh, and so I think wrestling with that is um, is very difficult for for our generation. But I think I important. There's a podcast that I uh, was recommended called The Life After. Mm-hmm. It's a society and culture podcast with Chuck Parson and Brady Harden. They interview courageous people about their faith deconstruction, unraveling religious indoctrination, spiritual abuse experiences, religious trauma. The rebuilding of personal community after leaving Christian fundamentalism and more. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, a lot of the conversations are around people realizing that there was a like there was a cult like thing going on, or like one of the people that a name you might recognize that's been on the show was uh, Jennifer Knapp. Oh yeah, yeah. I, every, what happened to her was tragic. Like it was just mm-hmm. it was awful. She was a Grammy nominated singer songwriter. In case you didn't know. Um. Very talented. So, and she was. She was very talented and she was basically like excommunicated. Well, like, you know, Nicole Nordman, which is one of my favorites. Uh, And this is a time right now when lots of people who have been in that vibe just trying to kind of endure Mm -hmm. and figure it out. Yeah. And figure it out are just cutting ties completely um, in a way. Uh, I can think of another couple of artists specifically who are speaking out about like their opinions and their thoughts and are just being completely slaughtered by the culture. So, yeah. It's an interesting podcast. It's it's interesting to hear people talk about their and being, experiences. And being excommunicated is a a cult action. <laughs> like that's yeah. That's the that's the thing. When I was in high school, though, Amy Grant released the the Baby Baby album. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Heart and in Motion. It was so weird because you would and I mean te- not not only students, not only kids, but like the teachers were saying stuff about it. Like you would have thought you would have thought she had like uh, sold her soul to the devil mm-hmm. or something. It was in it was insanity. And I remember I was like I was like fourteen and like you guys are crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like well, she's I, singing a pop song. <laughs> I I I was. Uh, it's it's hard to remember my own thoughts on the matter. I do know I like stories have been told on my legend uh, at the university I went to because when I attended like one of the high school students go to the college to check it out kind of weekends mm-hmm. they called them like red carpet days or whatever. Um, I uh, ended up on stage in front of you know three or four thousands of these potential students you know and doing this contest thing and I won. And they said, here's your prize. It's Amy Grant Heart in Motion. And my response was, I'd prefer a Christian CD instead or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> and the place went nuts. And like, then I was a freshman the next year at college. And like, I had upperclassmen coming to me and being like, dude, I totally remember when you did that thing on stage. That was awesome kind of thing. So like, I was absolutely in that mindset when I was that age, you know, kind of thing. Now, I listened to that album. I loved it. You know, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't something I put into practice necessarily, but it was part. Yeah 
were you regurgitating what you were around. Yes. And also I thought it was funny. You know, like I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. it'd be something is, really funny to say. That is super funny. And I, I will go back. I shouldn't say people are crazy. That's mean. But um <laughs> but you didn't think that like she had be like like you didn't, No, I, no. You didn't think she she was evil all of a sudden because she was singing pop music, secular pop music. No, no, I did um, not. And I can understand like people, I guess like, you know, she was kind of a representation of like a successful uh Christian artist and then she chose to not do that anymore just kind of like country fans got mad at taylor swift yeah uh, because you know that they kind of felt like she justified their fandom mm -hmm. which is not fair to the artist again at all it's cult-like behavior it, it is very like much it, so yeah hey so. country fans are very cool like, i mean good i mean i like i listen to like hard rock and metal i mean there's a lot of fans of that that are very cultish you know I mean, yeah in in distinguishing between tribalism and cultism mm -hmm. is yeah. an interesting nuance uh but um but yeah i i absolutely understand what you're saying but the greatest the greatest nation is raider nation just so everybody <laughs> knows. uh i wanted you guys to know that this was the last week's episode was the first time that I felt a severe fan disappointment in my opinion about community. Oh, there was but some, people supported you too. There was some genuine sadness. Yeah. Like I listened to the show and well, I'm so bummed. Like I listened to the show and oh my God, Danae, no, you, you like, it does get better. Like and I've heard <laughs> that before, but this one felt different. It, it really truly felt like though my dislike for the pilot was understood and echoed there were so many people and so i wrote probably five or six different messages to people and then kind of like did like a little repeat thing where it's like i listened to what aaron and jonathan said uh there were several people who were listening and as they were listening their messages me you just said this and oh no oh no don't worry <laughs> the guys tell me that it gets better and i'm gonna give it another shot oh thank god <laughs> Like, I love Star Trek, but, like, I, you know, I just watch the shows. I watch the movies. I don't really think much yeah. about it beyond that. And I have to remember that sometimes when, and not that I would really change anything I say, but, like, you know, I do I do have to remember there are people out there that, you know, take it a little more personally. Than I think it's I well, think it's healthy to distance your value from the things that you love. Like, that's that's tough. Mm -hmm. Like, you know how much I love Pixar, but I, I don't care if people don't like Pixar movies. I just yeah, disagree yeah, with them, you know? Like, it's, it's I've fine. never felt, like, afraid to tell you I didn't like a Pixar Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but there are it. people I know that like I don't want I'm like I'm just I'm gonna leave that alone and yeah if you don't like Kipo you're dead to me I just want to <laughs> say that I haven't watched it yet now I'm scared to watch it thank you <laughs> Holy crap! I also got so many people that wrote me and they're like, "Oh, Kipo is amazing!" And so that's a thrilling feeling. And yeah. I think that's one of the things you guys like to do too is whenever you love something so much and somebody like watches it and enjoys it as well. Like it's a really cool feeling. Oh no, mm -hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it was like people, addictive. I've had a few people on Twitter because I've talked about Columbo a lot. I've had a few people on Twitter DM me and tell me they started watching Columbo because of me, and I'm like, "Oh yay!" <laughs> <laughs> like I got you to watch a show from the 70s. That's amazing. And yet, and yet here I sit and nobody has told me they love Holy Moly. I mean, you Aww. know, come on guys, where's the Holy Moly fan base? I also liked from last week that um you got some pretty strong responses on Twitter that you absolutely need to patent your your uh, <laughs> my cereal. Your cereal dispensal dispenser. Uh legit. Uh, one of our fans uh, messaged me and said he, he has lawyers and he would love to, you know, go in on this invention, you know, kind of thing. So he asked me about it. And like within the first, you know, 10 minutes of searching, found that somebody patented it in 1989. Like what? it's been it's wow. been patented for 40 years or whatever. Where is this 
person. <laughs> Thirty what years. What is good for like fifty uh, years? I don't know. Well, that's the thing. Like nobody has like marketed it. Like I can't find it like to buy anywhere. So I think well, he's because he was actually going to make one for the patent. He said, "I'll go ahead and make mm-hmm. you one." You know, anyways. Uh, so I don't know if there's a way around it to just like make them and market them. You know, as something different well, or whatever. But I think I it's think... a great idea. I know it would help me out in in my breakfast choices. I just love, like, I love the idea that the, and I even drew, like, a little mock-up picture. There's this lower chamber that catches all of the dust. Uh-huh. And, and my cousin loves cereal dust. In fact, when she was in the Peace Corps, her mother and father, every time they finished a, a cereal box, they would take the dust and set it aside, and they would mail her, like, care packages while she was in Africa. It's amazing. And her care packages would include just the remaining dust of cereal because <laughs> she loves it so much. I feel like that's like the that's like the crackling of cereal, right? Because yeah. like if you go to like Long John Silver's or Captain D's or, mm-hmm. or uh-huh. yeah. you get the little the little fried mm-hmm. crackling. The remnants. And, and that's, yeah. that's the best part. That's so well, think, think of it this way. Think of the, the secondary market for using that dust in cooking. Like I want to flavor something Ooh. like Lucky Charms. So I'm going to use some Lucky Charms dust. Lucky you Charm know. pancakes. Exactly. <gasps> I'm just saying, I'm saying my this is a good Good idea in it even is. if it's patented it hasn't really been done and marketed you so we need to, to do, do it. it you have to <laughs> you have to we'll see i'll, I'll talk to my okay. guy i'll talk to my okay, guy yeah, talk to your guy <laughs> but then remember who actually drew the picture and and that's right that's right i think the picture alone gets you five percent of the company you know i Thank think you. that's i think that's, that's just plenty. how it is that's plenty Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 